Good day and welcome to episode 68 of the Plus One Player Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, and as always, I'm joined by the lore connoisseur himself, Matt. Howdy. Howdy, Matt. Good to see you. And this week, we are joined once again by the Outlaw Queen. I guess, I I mean, I still don't even want to call you Outlaw Queen, Kate, anymore, just because you still haven't beat Red Dead. So I'm going back to the Android Queen, Kate. Yeah, I'm a shit. So you're the Android Queen, Kate, again. Hello, Kate. How are you? Can I be the fishing queen? Can I be the fishing sure, queen? Sure, you can be the fishing queen, Kate. I became a max level fisherman in uh, Final Fantasy. Congratulations, that's a huge gaming milestone. I'm very proud of myself. So that's it. Spent a you lot are now of time the fishing queen. Doing nothing. Of all the okay, lands. Thank you. So how are you both doing this fine uh, evening? All of Eorzea, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah, whoa, all of whoa, whoa. Matt, don't even act like you still I, play yeah, that There's a lot of tension right here. I uninstalled it. Yeah. I know, and I hate you. A little you. inside Boy. baseball for all y'all. They were playing, and then Matt uninstalled the game, much to Kate's chagrin. He never played with me. He no. never played with me. Yeah, so you can see there's a lot of tension being built up around Final Fantasy XIV, but otherwise, how are you both doing? Good. I was... Fine. I, I uh, had a sore throat Monday night, so then I woke up Tuesday, and I like took a bunch of medication, went to work... Then I slept a lot, and then I got up on Wednesday and still had a sore throat, so I took more, like, DayQuil, all that stuff. Then I went to a play Wednesday night. I saw a Waitress oh, yeah? musical. Nice. Yeah, it wasn't... Oh. Uh, I'd give it, like, a six and a half out of ten. Okay. Talented... That's the review. Okay. Talented singers. <laughs> and I liked all of these side characters, but it suffered from... I didn't really like the main character. Like, the plot... Figured mm-hmm. out basically the structure of her storyline within like the first 45 mm-hmm. minutes. So then I was like invested in everyone else and figuring out what happened to them. But I was just like done with the main storyline. Yeah. So you've had a week. That happens a lot. Yeah, and I haven't gotten <laughs> like I'm still a little sick. Well, I hope you're feeling better before the charity stream on Saturday. By the time this airs, the charity stream will have already happened, so I hope it went well. But, Kate, how are you doing? Uh, I'm fine. Just fine? Just, Just fine. fine. Right. Did you see any musicals? <laughs> Just fine. <laughs> um, I haven't seen a musical in a long time. I used to see them a lot, actually. they have musicals actually, in but I haven't... Yeah. Kennedy's Why wouldn't they? I don't it's, know. Wait, what do you you're think? not it's in like New York. Hole like, in the is wall it really town? worth it? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, they are the best in New York. I mean, Boston that, has tons of that. plays and musicals too. Are you are you trying to put down Boston's performing arts? Like, there's no, the but they are. District. But like, no, I'm talking to him. I'm talking to New York boy over the... here who's all on his high horse. I mean, who goes to Boston for the theater district, though? Yeah, Broadway is the. Epitome. Well, yeah, I'm not saying. <laughs> Sorry, does all right, theater way? But yeah, they do have people who sing and dance. Yeah, because he was in, he was in, he was incredulous <laughs> that like DC yeah. would have musicals. <laughs> <laughs> like D- so they have the talkies in dc <laughs> oh you got the moving pictures eh <laughs> all right well i haven't seen any musicals we have fallen off the rails before housekeeping which is that location this is good i'm doing well in case you're wondering asked. i'm actually about to go pick up <laughs> i'm actually about <laughs> to go pick up anthem after we finish recording so I'll see what all the hubbub is about, and they're pretty much the the reason for our topic today. We'll get into that in a little bit, and you'll notice again, Manny is missing. They've got a lot of snow in DC, and he actually got turned into a snowman, just like the movie Jack Frost starring Michael Keaton. So while he was busy 
turning into a snowman. He was tracking a lot of snow through the house, so we have to keep it clean. So as always, follow us on social media. We are at plus one player on Twitter and Instagram, and that's at plus the number one player. You can find us on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash plus one player. So go check out all the social media content. And of course, head on over to the website, which is plus one player.com. There you'll find all of our articles, all of our podcasts, and you can find links to our Twitch, which is twitch.tv slash plus one player. We stream nearly every single night of the week. So go check us out there if you want to catch some fun streams. I've been having a lot of fun playing through Metal Gear Solid 1, let me tell you. Toot and Lonnie join every stream, and we just have a blast together. So it's a good time. So head on over to twitch.tv slash plus one player. And, of course, on the website and on the Twitter bio, find the link to our Discord. Come on and join the community. We have a great time with great friends having great conversations. So if you'd like to be part of this awesome group, feel free to join the Discord, unless, of course, you're racist, in which case we don't want you to join. We don't want you to go to our Twitter page. Quite frankly, we don't want you anywhere near us because you stink. Get out. And after all that, if you've enjoyed the content, if you've enjoyed hanging out on Discord, think of heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, throw us a buck or two because every single dollar we get will go right back to the show to make it the best podcast it could possibly be. It is the last episode of the month, so we are going to shout out all of our wonderful Patreon supporters at the end of this episode. So if you'd like to join that rad group, head on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. And of course, the biggest Patreon supporter we have, the sponsor of the show, Nerdiest Brands, but I'll tell you about that a little bit later. So episode 68, we're two away from the big 7-0. So we have a great episode planned, as we always do. So Matt, please let us know. What are we talking about tonight? Well, today we are going to open up with a game of Who Said It, where we are going to give you some quotes and some choices, and you have to guess who said it. Hence the title of the game, Who Said It. Yes, very literal. (laughs) And then we're going to discuss our topic of the pod, which Steve came up with such a great name called Failure to Launch. Sorry, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That'd be a sad movie. Space Cowboys 2, Failure to Launch. Failure to Launch is a, movie, is a movie with Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a whole thing. Like, his he lived with, with his parents. He doesn't have, a, like, a girlfriend, so his parents try to get him to get a girlfriend to move out of the house. Terry Bradshaw is his dad. It's a pretty funny movie. Oh, so it's not about being an astronaut. No. no, it's about failure to get out of the house and Grow get up. married. Oh, anyway, we're going to talk about games as a service and why can't they launch correctly? So we'll get into that more in more detail a little bit later. Matthew McConaughey will also be here to chat with us. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> and then we're going to do patch notes and then we will round out the podcast. And that's that, Stephen. That's that. That's that. As they say. Well, if that's that. That's that. Then let's hop into who said it. All right. Who said it? Who wants to say it first? I can go first. So my first one. I'd give your cat some catnip, but I just smoked it all. Does she like weed? I got plenty of that. Is this Herc Jr. from Far Cry 5, Trevor from Grand Theft Auto 5, or Kenny from the Telltale series Walking Dead games. It's Tambo. It's Tambo. Ah. <laughs> I'd give your cat some catnip, but I just smoked it all. Does she like weed? I got plenty of that. I don't think it's Kenny I'm from gonna... Walking Dead, because I don't mm. recall there being weed in that I'm game. I'm going to go with, uh, was it Trevor? I'm going to go with 
GTA yeah, 5. GTA 5. Anything. Yeah. It sounds like a GTA yeah. kind of quote. So you're both on Trevor yep. from Grand Theft Auto 5. Yeah. <laughs> Lock it in. The correct <laughs> answer is Herc Jr. <laughs> from Far Cry 5. Well, oh, okay. so Her- Herc is I don't even know who that is. I don't even know so who that is. He Computer loves shooting G- rockets Lockia and shit. And I wanted to throw a Far Cry quote in there because I just finished up New Dawn and it was fantastic. So not a good start to who said it. No. Who's next? <laughs> I'm going to go. Okay. Okay. This is the quote. The quote is, Evet, is that a... Turkish what? villager from Age of Empires 2. Oh, for the love I of fucking so God. A Byzantine villager <laughs> yeah. from Age of Empires 2 or a Britain villager from Age of Empires 2. This is The quote this is, is ridiculous. Can you say the the non-English the word again? Evet. I'm just going to go with C. A Britain? Sure. I'm going to go with Turkish. <laughs> and the answer is Turkish villager. Kate got it right. <laughs> Yay! Fucking Wololo. Somehow. Oh Unreal. My God. Kate, please redeem us. Okay. Sure. So I picked a theme this week nice. for mine, which was all villains. Nice. They're Big fan of villains. Big villains. fan. Yeah. So first one is, truth is, the game was rigged from the start. So was that Frank Fontaine from Bioshock? Benny from Fallout New Vegas or Dutch from Red Dead Redemption? Game was rigged from the start. Truth is, the game was rigged from the start. Okay, so it's not Frank Fontaine because I don't think he would lead that statement with truth is. It sounds like a Dutch quote. I think it's a Dutch quote as well. Are you both, so you're both, both saying, saying Dutch. Dutch? Okay, you're both wrong. Are you uh, it, was, it was Benny from Fallout New Vegas. It's from the opening cinematic. Benny and the Jets. Boop. Right. Boop. It is like the same exact opening as Red Dead Redemption, where the protagonist gets shot by his former uh, friends. But anyway, back to you, Steve. My next one. Tell me where it says you must wear pants on the casino floor. Is this Todd from Detroit Become Human? (laughs) No. (laughs) Trevor from Grand Theft Auto V? Or Tommy Versetti from Grand Theft Auto Vice City? Uh, I don't think it's Todd. And for for clarification, in case you weren't sure, Tommy Versetti is the main character in Vice City. Okay. Okay. You can't wear pants. You What was it again? Tell me where it says you must wear pants on the casino oh, floor. Wear... Okay. I think it's the lat, Tommy, something. Yeah, I'm going like to go with Vice City. Trevor quote. Yeah. So you're on Vice City? I guess so. Vice City... Yeah. Fuck me. It's Trevor. <laughs> this game fucking sucks. See, that's why I did. The, I threw the Trevor as the fake answer in the first one, and then oh, the real answer in the second one. Tricky wakey. And then my third one has nothing to do with either of those first two. So back okay. to you, Matt. Okay, here's mine. Am I the only person with a score right now? Yes. You might. Wow. You, you might be. Point. Yikes. All right, here's the quote. Congratulations. You win nothing. Based on a complete guess. Here's the quote. (laughs) It takes time to master your skills, and use will hone your technique. But take care to choose your new skills wisely. Is that Gandalf from Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, the video game? (laughs) Deckard Cain from Diablo 2? Or Ikora from Destiny 2? It Uh, takes time to master your skills, and use will hone your technique. 
but take care to choose your new skills wisely. This sounds like what someone would say in a tutorial or a menu when you're like, you know, unlocking that part of the game for the first time. So I'm going to go with uh, Ikora from Destiny 2. Yeah, I'm torn between her and Deckard Kane. Same. But I don't, I don't know who that is at all, so... I don't really either. It just seems like... Because I feel like he's brought up Deckard Kane multiple times. I'm going to go with Ikora as well, though. Lock it in? Locking it in. Ikora. You're both wrong. <laughs> Jesus. Is oh it Deckard Kane? It is Deckard Kane. God damn it. Stay a while and listen. Tonight has not been a night. <laughs> no. But, like, whatever. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fine. All right. My turn. So, my quote is... Life dreams hope where do they come from and where do they go where do you come from where do you go where do you come from this is a very iconic quote so was it kefka from final fantasy (laughs) 6 was it father comstock from bioshock infinite or was it dracula from castlevania okay say the quote again please life dreams hope where do they come from and where do they go and can you give me the answers again (laughs) The answers were Kefka from Final Fantasy VI, Father Comstock from Bioshock Infinite, or Dracula from Castlevania. Okay, I I'm think- going to go with the Final Fantasy one just because I, I don't know. I, I feel like you got to throw one in there eventually. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock that in, Kefka. Okay. I feel like I'm going to go with Father Comstock. Okay. Steve is correct. Hey. Such fucking bullshit. It is a very iconic Kefka quote if you're a dumb weeb like me. <laughs> a smart, intelligent, beautiful weeb. There oh, you go. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. But that's a fucking bullshit answer. <laughs> oh, jeez. Said ah. the guy whose first quote was Eve. Eve. <laughs> so my last right. one. You stink of death, my friend. I salute you. Is this Nazir? Is this Drebin? Oh, excuse me. Is this Nazir from Skyrim? Is this Drebin from Metal Gear Solid Four? Or is this Gladys from Portal 2? You stink of death? You stink of death, my friend. I salute you. I don't think... doesn't sound like Glados. Plus, does she even smell things? I mean, robots. Sensors. Uh, I mean, I guess she could have a sensor, but Beep yeah. Boop. Uh, I'm going to go with... Nazir. Skyrim. Or Drebin. I'm also going to go with Skyrim. I don't feel like Drebin talks like that. But I could be wrong. It's been a while. Skyrim. Father Comstock. Locking it in. Nazir, Skyrim. Father Comstock. <laughs> it's actually For the trebuchet sake. from oh. Age of Empires. Oh, my uh, God. <laughs> so, no, you guys are correct. It oh. is Nazir from Skyrim. I have a point. Yes. One point. Kate, you have two? Yeah. Steve, and Steve has, one. has one. Right. Here's my quote. This isn't the map room. Analyzing. This is a security override station for the main facility located somewhere else on the island. Shut the system down. Is that... (laughs) How is that quotable? (laughs) (laughs) Is that Edie from Mass Effect, Cortana from Halo, or Claptrap from Borderlands? Oh my, well, it's definitely not Claptrap unless he got hacked or something and had to talk normal. Uh, I'm going to go with Cortana because you love Cortana. Yeah, me too. Yep, exactly. You love her so. Yeah. It is Cortana. See, there you go. (laughs) Okay. My last one is one of my favorite uh, quotes of all time Uh from a video game. 
So it is. Beg that I succeed, for I have seen the throne of the gods, and it was empty. Was it Thordan from Final Fantasy XIV, Heaven's Word? Was it Manamarco from Elder Scrolls Online? Or was it Corypheus from Dragon Age Inquisition? Well, say it once more. I don't think that's Manamarco. Beg that I succeed, for I have seen the throne of the gods, and it was empty. Who's the last one? Corypheus from Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm going with that one. I feel like she wouldn't give us two FF quotes, and she loves Dragon Age, so I'm also going with that one. Corypheus. You are both correct. Oh, two points. Yes. Good job. Wow, so we have a tie between Steve and Kate, three points apiece. So before we head on into the topic of the podcast, I do have to mention that the topic and the show as a whole is brought to you by our sponsor, Nerdiest Brands. And if you don't know, Nerdiest Brands is a fantastic website that features products from vendors and designers from around the world, no matter the nerdy fandom. So if you'd like some rad nerdy gear, head on over to nerdiestbrands.com. That's nerdiest, N-E-R-D-I-O-U-S, brands.com. Special shout out to them for providing us with some awesome giveaway codes during the charity stream so thank you so much you've been a great sponsor we love you yeah they just emailed me today and my order is on its way Yo, awesome what'd you get? i got the harley quinn hoodie that oh, they that's, nice. that that's a good one recently yeah all right welcome to the topic of the pod where we're going to discuss games as a service and i guess just like multiplayer online games in general and them having launch issues all the effing time feels like mm-hmm. every time a new game is released, uh, it is not a finished product recently, I'd say in the last few years, and especially in like the last two years. What happened to the days of yore when, when a game launched, you got a fully playable game when you stuck it in that Xbox or that PlayStation? Right. So I thought we could maybe, you know, I think Anthem brought this topic to the forefront in the first place, so potentially we should start there and then move mm-hmm. backwards. Okay. And so I think one of the things to note with Anthem is that the game has a few launch dates to begin with. If you yeah. are Yeah, that's that's interesting. If you are uh, various levels of like EA membership, you get the game, you well you you've already been playing the game. And I know I think the general public release is tomorrow, February 22nd. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I know there were like already two launches, I think, for different tiers or levels of, of members. And so, yeah, last Friday, the 15th was like the like the main launch for a lot of those people with origin access. Mm-hmm. And again, it was very convoluted. We needed there were some chart chart. There were many Excel yeah. charts. Yes. It's, it's interesting when you have to decipher a chart to try to figure out when you can play a game that you paid money for. Yes. So right right That's, off the bat, it, yeah. it was... It was just very confusing, and considering the game was delayed because it was supposed to come out at the end of last year, mm. then it got delayed, and then they you heard con- con- like contradictory reports from people at EA where they were like, "Oh, we just wanted to get it away from Battlefield," and then you hear that it's like maybe not ready, and then now this is kind of what sparked the topic. We've had some reviews come out, and we've we've seen what people have been saying who have been playing it, and the general consensus is wasn't really ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And so they've come out with like a, I think they they came out either today or yesterday with a like day one patch. And they're like, <laughs> oh, like the game's not out yet. So, and we already have this patch for you. And so like 
it's sort of like marketing coverage for themselves to be like, oh, you know, you get this day one patch instead of the game releasing on one day and then then having to patch it later. So, like, they've already incorporated feedback from people who have access to the game to give a day one patch to the people who haven't started playing it yet. Yeah. Even though people have been playing it already. It's just like, yeah. It's like trying to cover their tracks a little bit. Right. I mean, day one patch in general, I would say, isn't totally uncommon. But it, I yeah, feel like in it this case, with every single oh, game sure. that gets released, it's arguing at this point. semantics because it's like, well, it's not really day one for you know, twenty five percent of the people or whatever. Right. Yeah, and that's where a lot of the, I guess, kind of, I wouldn't really call it uproar. It's not like people are like bringing out their pitchforks and and shit no. like that. It's just people are obviously a little upset because again, if they are playing it early, they paid extra money to do so in one form or another. Well, whether mm-hmm. it's like EA Origins or if they get like a deluxe edition, whatever it may be, you're paying extra money to to expect to play this product that, yeah. yes, we kind of, and this is what we're going to talk about as we go along, is like what should our expectations for these games be at this point? And so you're going to look at it where these people are going to like play this game and they're expecting it to be relatively polished. I'd imagine when you're putting in you know $60 plus whatever uh, yeah. it's going to be, you're expecting it to be a polished game. And so it starts to beg the question, because we talked about this on the episode uh, a few months ago at this point, where when No Man's Sky released that new update and kind of redeemed themselves, we did a whole topic on, you know, when do we forgive these studios for kind of burning us? Right. And so this is a little bit different in the sense where what is it that causes all these launch issues? And what is it, like, what can they do to avoid it? Now, I've already seen a lot of people talk about should this game just have been an early access release for February? Because for all indication, it seems like it's just not completely done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah. I mean, one, one thing, one thing that seems to be a common trend that doesn't make a lot of sense is like, they're doing these betas, but they're like three, four weeks before the game comes out, which is not a beta at that point. Like how many, things can realistically be corrected or adjusted yeah. in that short of amount of time. And like, you know, it seems like you would do, you should be doing betas like six months yeah, before betas used games to happen come out. that early. I feel yeah. like now a beta is a tool to add additional. It's a marketing tool. So that people pre-order yeah. the game. I it's, feel like it, it absolutely used to be is. like closed door beta testing where they there would were. select a group and they would do yes. it you know, months in advance. I imagine that still happens a lot. It does. I, 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 I would I would venture a guess that that's still the norm. But what they do, and you, I completely agree, is that they do this you know, a month in advance to generate all that hype, get people playing, get people streaming, get people posting mm-hmm. things on social media to try to generate more hype and more publicity because a lot of it becomes free publicity. They just yeah. give out review codes, not even review codes, they just give out codes to streamers and influencers, get them playing the game, get them talking about the game. And whether it's good or bad, it's talk, and it, it, it's getting that free press, right? And so, but I mean, at that point, it's not a beta. Like, I agree. Yeah, they need to call it something different. Because <laughs> at that point, it's the same concept as like a lot. What a lot of people pay for to play a game early is like, yeah, you know, that week in advance, you get to play the game before other people who just buy the standard yep. edition. Because I agree, I I can't imagine. There's a lot that can be done in that short amount of time, especially with everything we're hearing over the past year and a half or two years with how all the stories of like the, the tough working conditions coming to light and people trying to shy away from that. Don't you think like doing a beta with that short amount of time 
and then finding out your game is busted, like we've seen uh, on the past few releases of certain yeah. big name games. Don't you think that's going to put a lot of stress and pressure on the developers? And then maybe now they're going to think they have to work those extra hours and, you know, break their backs to try to get this to where it needs to be, even though. And I guess this is this is going to be a little bit more to what caused this issue. But let's just like at what point do do like board of executives and things of that nature? At what point do they need to kind of realize games need a little bit more time if they're going to really be successful because some of these games they're trying to rush out are just games you can't rush out (laughs) yeah i feel like yeah i feel like as we've gotten older like game companies have sort of conglomerized or whatever they've been bought out by larger companies Mm -hmm. and uh, where boards have more influence and i feel like those sorts of you know, board of directors and C-level executives have been finally have finally come around to the idea that video games can earn themselves a lot of money. Yeah. Whereas maybe when we were younger, video games weren't as mainstream as they are now. And so now that these people who just mm-hmm. want to line their pockets are in charge of a lot of these large organizations, they just want to see profits and they don't care about the goal of like or or they just don't care about the consumer as much yeah but it also i mean i think you know positive word of mouth especially with these games as a service that you want people to keep playing you want them to pay for cosmetics or whatever like to you know continue your, your revenue it seems like it would be a much safer bet to like all right let's give it three more months to cook and be a really good game so mm-hmm. it gets good reviews and good word of mouth versus I feel like that is even just... too much of a consumer mindset though because Pro- they oh, be definitely they're is. still <laughs> thinking about oh well if we push it 3 months then our our revenue flow or whatever is is in the next quarter already yeah. So we're oh, missing okay. all of our targets for this quarter. Yeah, because I, I am fully aware there's a lot that goes into like why these releases come out when they do. And I understand, you know, at the end of the day, it's a business. And, you know, corporations, they need to make their bottom line any way that they can. And so I feel like a lot of the game developers end up suffering from that because they're forced to, you know, rush out their products when they shouldn't be. Because I've seen Jason Schreier talk about Anthem, especially over the past few months and he had talked about you know why the delay happened when it happened and he had a lot of people basically saying they didn't think it was ready and that's when they had you know people in ea saying oh no we just wanted to get the release away from battlefield and it was literally just so that way we could separate our releases and so hey you know that might be the case maybe they wanted to keep anthem separate from battlefield it makes sense then again why did they release apex two weeks before anthem and then why did they release apex a month before the battlefield battle royale so right there that tells me they really don't give a shit about keeping their releases close together because they're literally releasing game games and or game modes that are going to appeal to similar player bases right you can't play all three games at once so that's why i don't buy that they delayed anthem because they wanted to keep battlefield separate i don't buy that at all what I, I see them is that they realized the game wasn't ready. They pushed it off. You know, all right, we'll give you, you know, till the next quarter, get it out by then. And I still think from everything that we're seeing, you know, with the loading screens, the fact mm-hmm. that 
the way that you have to re-equip your weapons, like when you actually get loot, you have to go back to the fort, re-equip it there, then go back out, see if you actually like the weapon. So a lot of it just seems a little bit tedious. And then, of course, the loading screens, for everyone that's, like, talking about it, it's been terrible, even with the patch. Some yeah. people have still been witnessing, like, minute and a half well, loading screens. I mean, you can patch... You can patch that to an extent, but yeah. that's that's a problem with the foundation, yeah. you know. Now, did when was Anthem supposed to come out originally? It was November. Uh, I think like December. I think was it, it November? Yeah, it was okay. November because it was like right around um, Battlefield's release. When did but then again, Battlefield got pushed back out? a month. When did Fallout 76 come out? November 12th, I believe. And Anthem was supposed yeah. to come out after that? Yes, it was coming like, out in November. Late November. Cause, cause Battlefield I, 5 was originally supposed to come out in October. It got pushed back to November. And I believe Anthem was supposed to be in November. got pushed back to February. Yeah, I feel like the, the heads of Anthem could just easily point to Fallout 76 and be, to the investors or board of directors or whatever and be like, we don't want that to happen. So if you don't push this yeah. game back, like this is what's going to happen. Mm. And use that as leverage to like push it back. Yeah, and that's why I bring up the point that I've seen being talked about, you know, because, I mean, this has obviously been a very hot topic all week. And so I've seen a lot of people bring up, including um, Schreier, because uh, on the Split Screens podcast, he was bringing up how should this game have been early access? Like, what if they released it as early access, you know, in February, and then lead it up to, like, six months later, the full game releases? So you can apply the same concept to Fallout 76. Like, what would the perception have been if Fallout 76 released as an early access game as opposed to just being like this is it here you go uh i don't know i mean that that's another one that seems like it was very very undercooked and Uh, again just like that that word of mouth you know what i mean like it's so damaging well that's even if it is early access it's just i don't know well i think my, my main question is really like does the the label of early access does that change perceptions because doesn't mm. that take a little bit of the expectation of what you're going to play doesn't that lower it a little bit yeah and i would say certainly like in the case of fallout 76 i think because that is a um established franchise versus anthem that's new mm-hmm. i think that would have like a lot of fallout fans would have been like okay i don't like what i'm seeing right now but I love Fallout, so I'm going to just keep waiting or whatever. Right. So that I think that would have been effective at least for that fan base to keep them interested. I don't know about people that were just looking to play it for like a loot shooter or something. I don't know if they would have stuck around, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Well, that, I mean, you bring up a good point about the different fan bases because you're right. Like yeah. Fallout, because we've talked about it uh, multiple times that right away it was put under the microscope because Mm -hmm. it's taking an established franchise and giving uh, a fan base something that they didn't expect and -hmm. it's necessarily not necessarily something that they asked for so right off the bat you're gonna have it put under the microscope but with anthem it is a new ip however it's taking a very well-known studio right and they're doing something different so it's pretty much the same concept it is where it's where they're down doing they're they're going out of their comfort zone to try to provide something new and so right right off the bat i can expect issues because bioware is known for narrative driven games they're they're known for branching stories in-depth relationships and their action like telling a cohesive story and so I've always been worried, like we've talked about Anthem a lot, and I've always been worried, like, how is the story going to play out? Because that's what's going to kind of differentiate itself from a game like Destiny, because no matter what, it's going to get compared to Destiny 2. There's no way around sure. it. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, like, 
they um so they did do star wars the old republic which is an mmo and that had a fantastic story i mean as an mmo it was kind of yeah mediocre you know it was fine it wasn't horrible it wasn't great but like story-wise it absolutely felt like a bioware game and it kept me playing for a long time because i loved the story um so they've They've clearly, in the past, at least, been able to adapt their storytelling method to a Other genres, um, a shared right. universe, you know, where there's many players of all different classes or whatever um, interacting with the same characters. So, yes, Anthem was a completely different style of game, but this whole like, well, we've only done single player thing, isn't necessarily one hundred percent true. That's a good point. Just, no, yeah, yeah. Also, what pains me, too, is that the, like, the facial animations, the interactions all in Anthem and the, in the Fort Tarsus are, like, so good. Like... No, yeah. So you're, you're just, getting upset because they were bad in Andromeda? <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, like, yeah. man, if this was just, like, a single-player game, yeah. story-driven yeah. would well, be so fucking good. Did you guys see the, um, the like, live-action trailer by Neil Blomkamp? No, yeah, I watched it. It was really good. So, yeah, like, it had a lot of really interesting um, story stuff in it that I was like, oh, that sounds, like, really interesting. And if this were the setting for, like, a single-player Bioware game, I would be all over this. Like, this sounds fascinating to me. I think think there's a chance that the story can be really cool because, I mean, again, we we talked about it, that the concept, it's not anything, it's not anything, like, brand new. It's just, like, different takes on, you know, tropes we've seen before, especially in these types of games. But there's a chance to tell its own unique story. And I think mm-hmm. I still hold out hope because from what I played in the demo, I, I enjoyed the gameplay in the demo. The shooting, I mean, I still say Destiny 2, the shooting feels better in that game just because, I, I don't know, like those mechanics are just on another level. But, mm-hmm. I mean, in this, it feels good. Third, third person mode's very nice. And again, flying around, it's a blast. It really is. I have a great time doing it. I had a fun time switching off between the different javelins. I thought that was pretty cool. I think the customization options are pretty cool. I understand, though, because I, I was excited to play this. I, I, I understand that a lot of negativity is out there on it. And from everything that I'm seeing, I can't ignore it. I understand that I'm probably going to play this game tomorrow and run into my own fair share of issues. I hope that I don't. I hope that I enjoy my time, and I hope that the story does prove to be something that captivates me. But again, like it's tough to ignore all this stuff, and it's just one of those things that we we like we've said at this at the start of this topic, we've kind of grown accustomed to it now, where we see one of these yeah. like big releases where it's going to be an online focused game, and we just automatically expect there to be some crazy issue. And on kind of funny games daily earlier this week, Andrea Renee brought up. How she can't remember the last time like a game just didn't launch without any issues, and I kind of thought like, how about Apex though? I feel like Apex yeah has come closest. I don't I don't yeah I don't think it had any major issues. I imagine there were minor server there were, issues. Yeah, there were definitely but... some server issues that popped up, but overall, it went it went very well. And so, but yeah. that's the thing is like that's become kind of the rarity. You know, it's yeah. not what we expect anymore, which is interesting. Well, and we're we're obviously talking about like multiplayer games. Yeah, yeah, too, no, right? yeah. Runs. Like basically yeah. those Sing- online A lot of single focused... player games are fine. Yeah, and that's because the single player games don't have to worry about a lot of yeah. the online sure. issues. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, with these online multiplayer focused games, I-, I feel like we now have just kind of gone into it with like, yeah, 
I expect there to be some right some now. Hiccups. The exception to the rule is the game that launches well instead of the other way around. Right, which is like right, exactly. And disappointing. When did that change? Like I, I, it's I don't weird know. because I, I honestly can't remember. Like I remember at the onset I of I guess online gradual. gaming. Yeah, like this is yeah. it's so weird to kind of pinpoint. You know, when did this? Is it just because we're paying more attention to it? Is it just because that social media is what it is now, so everything gets put under the microscope a little bit more? Or is it because we're just seeing more and more studios try their hands at these style of games? I'd say it's a bit of both of those things, to be honest. And just the fact that you have all these different consoles now that can all connect online and everything, so... You know, for any sort of major release, you're basically designing for three different platforms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it's a combination of a lot of factors. And I'm trying to think, like, because I played original Destiny at launch just because I had a PS4 that was gathering dust at that time. There yeah. wasn't, like, anything to play on it. And I don't recall, like, I quit because I thought the end game wasn't that fun. But in terms of, Same like, here. In terms of, like, issues... I don't really recall anything like bugs wise that hindered my experience. I just thought some of the, you know, end game design and some of the voice acting and stuff was kind of like meh. No, I was in the same boat. I enjoyed my time with Destiny 1, but because at that time they weren't doing a lot of the the little DLC stuff that we saw with Destiny yeah. 2, they just did the Taken King a year later. And <laughs> right. by then, I Taken was just King done with the game. That game. Exactly. And so by but before that had come out, I had already been done with the game, but I agree like I never had any issues with it. Like I I loved Destiny 1. I had a great time playing with it. I I fully ranked up my guy as much as I could before all yeah. that stuff changed. But like you said, I just kind of got bored and I didn't have much to do once I finished a lot of the end game content. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually a good point. Like I feel like Destiny 1 was a very solid game. It just it was the same thing with like I mean Destiny 2 there was nothing wrong mechanically. It, right. It was, right. Like, nothing wrong server-wide. It was just that once you beat the main stuff, you really didn't have much to do. Like, you could yeah. do the raids every week, but it, all that really amounted to is, like, not counting the raid. You would just pretty much play, play for, like, five hours every Tuesday, and then that would be it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like there's three types of launches that we're talking about. One is a – one is a, a – there's too many bugs – and like server mm-hmm. issues and maintenance problems, that's one type. And then the second type mm-hmm. is, well, there's not enough content in this game and it feels unfinished. And then the third yeah. type is both of those put together. Yeah. So yeah. like, yeah. I mean, the same thing happened with Battle for Azeroth, which was yeah. the latest WoW expansion. Like, yeah, it was fine. It launched well in terms of like server stuff. I think there might have been a few issues, but like. But just because the influx of players coming back, mm. but overall, everyone was able to play within the first few days right. and, and whatnot. Actually, there were definitely launch issues, but everyone was able to play within the first few days. But then it became apparent fairly quickly that, like, oh, this does not have nearly as much endgame content as Legion did. Like, it's just not on the same level, and it still isn't. Mm-hmm. It just still isn't on the same level. And so, like, that definitely falls into, like, you know, the middle category of content, but also some bug launches or mm-hmm. bugs and server issues. Yeah. It just sucks. It does. And, I, I mean, I, I feel like, of course, a few bugs or server issues are kind of to be expected, especially when it is, like, 
a Bioware that's like taking on this new style of game that they've never done before. Right. But to me, that is kind of like the bare minimum. Like if people, you know, can't connect to the game or they're getting kicked out of parties or like, you know, anything mechanically like that, that's just like, you can't even suffer through it. Whereas like with kind of a boring story or whatever, A, that's like a much easier fix down the line. You just get better writers or you know, you hire new people for the new DLC that are better at that. Um, but, you know, these bugs are just like, some of the bugs you hear about are just like this, it's it's on, like, the joke is literally unplayable, but it's like, it, it is literally unplayable. I saw something with Anthem where um, a level three guy went out to do free play. Oh, nice. yeah. And he got put in a party of three that were doing the final boss. Jesus. And he just, <laughs> he just zones in to the final boss fight That's and, like, wild. is getting spoiled to everything. And, of course, his level three, he can't even contribute. And they were like, uh, you should probably, like, log out because you're going to get this whole thing ruined for you. Like, Jesus. It's just stuff like that that's just, like, what? Like, how? Is this an oversight? Like, how was this not thought through? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, that's a jarring glitch yeah can like, you imagine like no i can't yeah because i wouldn't even notice I'm like oh i guess this is free play and then i would just play through it like oh shit that's the end <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and credits roll you're like oh cool that was a fun 30 yeah. minutes <laughs> yeah another part of it too is that like the developer has to think about like oh this is a game as a service so it's not like we launch the game and our developers are free Mm-hmm. It's, we launch the game and we have to think about what our developers are need to continue to work on to keep people engaged. So it's right. like, how much yeah. content do you release when it launches? What are you saving? You know, how much can you get away with? I feel like a, a lot of companies are just gambling. Which how, how how much how much can we release at launch, and how much can we hold back so that we can have a slow drip of content to keep people playing yeah. right. and spending money. Well, I know they did say that they're going to like all their in-game DLC is going to be free. Oh, for Anthem. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's like MMO model number 1, right? right. It's like here's yeah. the yep. here's all the base the game are free. and then yeah, here yeah. Are all the cool updates coming and then once an expansion comes out, you pay for that. Right. And I also feel like that's just EA just really walking on the thin ice after Battlefront 2 that they just like don't want to Yeah. Just like, all right. Because they did that with Battlefield Five, who were like, "Yeah, all the DLC's free. Don't worry about it. You got it." Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, when when that is done correctly and well, like, it is very fun, and it is like it is really exciting oh, to for look sure. forward to. I remember those you know, early like, in Burning Crusade, like the patches. You'd be like, "Oh my god! Like, what next thing in the story are we going to be able to do? Who are we going to be able to fight? Who's like the new raid boss?" Yeah. Like, those were all done so well. And then uh, it's like people forgot how to do that, how to do that well. Companies just forgot. Well, some of them did. I mean, you like, talk about and I, I know, yeah, I'm not about Final Fantasy. Even I had to relaunch that entire game because it sucks so much. Well, Ooh. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, there there are companies or there are games that have launched in a sorry state and they did take a step back um, in both, the Elder Scrolls Online and Final Fantasy XIV to an even bigger extent, just, you know, the devs did the right thing by saying, we realize like this is not working for anybody and we're just gonna, I don't think they actually took ESO offline. I could be wrong about that. 
they definitely took Final Fantasy fourteen. It's just gone. Yeah. And they completely remade it. But, you know, and I, I'm sure they lost some people that... Because every once in a while, I'll see a comment on ESO Reddit or something where people are like, yeah, that game was garbage. Like, I'll, I'll never pick it up again. And I'm sure they lost some people. But for me, as somebody who never got into it the first go around and then came in later, I'm just like, this is pretty fun. Like, yeah. you know, it, it. and I think it says a lot that those companies were big enough to admit like we realize this isn't what you wanted at all right right and we're going to take our time to fix it and give you the experience that you want so it's definitely possible to recover from these sort of situations but it is an interesting question why are we seeing them so much more often than we used to well i think it like we've talked about at this point like i think it has a lot to do with some of the pressure put on by a lot of Mm -hmm. kind of the corporate nature of a lot of it now yeah because I'm very interested at this point to see, you know, A, where Bungie ends up, because I imagine mm. someone else will acquire them. Um, I'd be stunned if they went out on their own. But at the they same will. time, yeah, I, I, I doubt it. But that, that's true. Google does have a big a announcement Google coming up. Bungie? That'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. There's no way. But I, that's what I'm saying. I'm very curious to see what Bungie can do with a destiny three or mm-hmm. it, or whatever they decide to do with destiny in general, obviously like that's going to be a mainstay for them moving forward. But I'm curious to see what they do without Activision involved, because then and then I know Me Matt, too. you had mentioned this a few episodes ago, then that's when we can kind of finally see it was like, was that an Activision thing? Yep. Or was that, that Bungie actually wasn't doing what they were supposed to do. Yeah. I have faith that if Bungie has their vision and they don't have people tampering with it or, you know, pushing them to get to a certain point, I have a feeling that they will make a game that they want to make and release it when they want to release it. So that's why I'm very curious to see who brings them aboard because I feel like they're going to need a little bit of creative freedom. Like, I feel like, and I, I think that's what, in general, I understand it's a business. I understand corporations need to make money I get it. I'm not naive. But at the same time, I'd love to see some of these, you know, publishers who are bringing these developers in. I'd love to see some of them just take that hands off approach and be like, when the game is ready, you let us know and we'll get it out there. Yeah. I mean, I think I think the problem is a lot of these investors are are people that are just in it to make money and they see that video games is the new is you know making x amount of money due to microtransactions or whatever and you know they're not they're not people that are necessarily gamers or gaming enthusiasts that are investing because they think wow i think bioware is really great i want to invest in them right to enable them to have a bigger budget to make even better games you know it's just people that are like oh i see that you know your mass effect multiplayer Someone spent $60,000 on Mass Effect cards. Yeah. I want to get in on that, you know. I want in on those Mass Effect cards. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's that's when it shows because if you if you had an investor that really was in like interested in the studio and the product, I think they would say, "Oh, I trust you guys, you know. And if you need another 6 months or whatever, that's what I'm going to have to give you because I believe in your vision and everything. So we'll see with Activision or with uh, Bungie. So I guess like one of the fucked. Yeah, though they're fucked. So I guess like one last question: What should consumers' expectations be? Like, should we just always expect 
any type of online focused multiplayer game should we just automatically expect there's going to be issues and not only issues but multiple issues and some issues that could possibly be game breaking at launch right yeah it's been a slow transition for me i definitely had been getting definitely was like very hyped about destiny 2 last year and stuff like that where i I did like buy it day one or stuff but like Mm -hmm. i did not buy anthem and i am happy i did not because I don't want to play it, you know, based on some of these early reviews. And I'm uh, still holding out a little bit of hope. Yes. Well, your... you're doing it for the team. Yeah. You're doing the it Lord's for the work. review. <laughs> and so now I think really my assumption has, or my, my default has now turned into I'm not going to buy the game on day one anymore. Like, That's fair. I definitely had said that previously and then gone against that. But like, I think I'm there. I think I'm fully there. Unless I have to do a review for it or something like that. Like, I've made it. I am on the <laughs> mountaintop. <laughs> single player games, not sure. Uh, I could I could buy a single player game day one, I think. But these online open multiplayer games, I don't think so. Not doing it anymore. Not going to do it. Not going to do gonna. it. Steve, is your question like in a perfect world or is it a more realistic question more realistic i am very aware that we do not live in a perfect world nor will we ever okay unless of course dwayne the rock johnson becomes president of the united states in which case it will be perfect okay so that's never going to happen so you are asking for a realistic (laughs) answer um yeah then i i'm with matt like aside from like expansions or whatever of games that i already play that i already know that i like i will probably not buy any of these uh, games as a service initially either because it's just, even if it is something I'm interested in, it just seems like, well, better to let them work the kinks out and um, then I'll get into it versus, you know, spend $60, get really pissed off because of loading screens or disconnections or whatever, and then completely lose interest and never pick it up again. I hear you. It's, It's unfortunate that that, I think a lot of people um, are going that way. I mean, I used to be a pre-order everything person, like everything. And now I'm like very choosy about what I pre-order. Yeah, I really, the only reason I did it with Anthem is because I traded in a couple games to get it. And so I just went when I could see what their value was. I was like, all right, this is pretty good value. And with GameStop, you never know when the value drops. So I went when I could get as much money for those two games as I possibly could. And so I didn't really pay that much for Anthem, which in the long run isn't bad <laughs> yeah and like i know like uh <clears throat> some people have like the whole yearly annual pass or something like that like a few of our listeners so you like basically get those games all included so you can play yeah. at them and stuff like that so like that makes sense to me too because you're getting a few releases a year but uh yeah i'm not dropping 60 on it yeah well and and given that like i am a big bioware fan if if they do turn this around in six months or a year or whatever, like I would much rather just wait and pick it up then and not have my like feelings towards Anthem tainted by these early release or these, um, you know, first day problems. So mm. that that's also kind of goes into it. Yeah. Which, yeah. Well, I still hold out a sliver of hope. I think because, like I said, I enjoyed the, my time with the demo, so I'm still hoping that you know they'll fix the issues 
Stop shaking your head. <laughs> I am still hoping that they like fix the issues, but we'll see. I, and I know, uh, I know a handful of people are picking up for PS4, so I'm looking forward to actually, you know, playing co-op with some folks because I think that's where the fun's gonna be. Like, I loved playing through the Destiny 2 campaign with Manny. Like, it was just fun to play through that game with friends. So, I'm looking forward to doing the same thing with Anthem. So, we'll see. Keep an eye out yeah. for my review of it on plusoneplayer.com slash read. So, that was a pretty good topic. I hope topic. you have a great time. I hope yeah. I do, too. I'm looking forward to at least... I'm picking it up right after this. So, we'll we'll, we'll know soon enough. Not to be mm-hmm. down about it, either. But it is no, a sadder I mean, sadder that's just topic. the way it is. Like, I, yeah, I can't, it is just the way I it can't is. ignore all of the things being said about it. You know? Oh, like, I just mean impossible. in general, too. Like, yeah. But the thing I would also say, though, is that if you... Like, I'm a huge WoW fan, right? Yeah. So if they had another expansion, I'd, like, probably buy it so mm-hmm. I could play it on day one just because I love that fandom so much. So, like... Right, right. Yeah. If you want to do that, you should still do it if you really love a game. But I think if you if you really don't... If you have, like, mixed feelings on a franchise or you've never been a part of it or that stuff, stuff I'd, like caution you against like getting caught up in the in the hype and real really wait mm-hmm. for reviews but if there's like something you love and you want to play it on day one just and you have the means go to do it, it just yeah just do it, it. Yeah. yeah yeah as always find people who you relate to in reviews people who share your yeah, tastes yeah. because then you'll understand mm-hmm. like that's how i always you know did it when i was younger i would i would read people who their video game taste appealed to me it was similar to my interest and so yeah. I knew if they liked a game, I probably would too. And more often than not, that's how it is. So if you got a bunch of reviewers that you got in your, you know, your back pocket, go read their reviews on it because I'm sure they'll they'll steer you in the right direction. But as always, just be informed. What other, yeah, what other people think of it is not necessarily going to be your opinion or the 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 general consensus. Yeah. But go out there and if if it's really something you want to dabble in, go fly around and shoot some aliens. I'll be out there, so find me. Yeah, I also want to add real quickly, like, if you are loving your time in Anthem or Fallout 76 or any of these other games that are maligned by, like, a lot of people, that is absolutely okay. Yeah, of and course. You shouldn't you shouldn't feel bad about that or you shouldn't feel ashamed about, like, oh, guys, I'm, I'm playing Anthem, you know. Like, I, I do see a lot of people sort of sheepishly admitting, like, well, I actually am really having a lot of fun with Fallout 76, and it's like, that's, that's great. Good. Like, if you can find yeah, the joy in it, do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I I would just like to add that. Very good. Everyone should have fun. Yeah. Before we get into patch notes, uh, our sponsor of patch notes is Evil Tim Industries. Evil Tim Industries, building robots for the future and for the past. Be prepared for when Evil Tim Industries comes knocking your human body will be downloaded into a computer system and you will cease to exist. Thanks, Evil Tim Industries, for sponsoring the show. Glad they're on our side. All right, so for Patch Notes, we're going to update you on the latest news that broke since last we spoke. This is Patch Notes (laughs) 2.21.19. All right, Kate. This is from my buddy, Jesse. Jesse. Jesse Wade. Over at IGN, Rockstar releases more details for Red Dead Online update coming next week, which next week will be this week by the time the podcast comes out. All right. Uh, The update is coming out on February 26th, which includes new free roam events, showdown modes, races, and its first batch of new weapons, clothing, and emotes. 
Fool's Gold will be added to the Free Roam events, which will let players compete for a protective suit of golden armor, which doesn't exactly sound lore-friendly, but, you know. Whoever takes down the player wearing the armor will earn points and will be the wearer of the golden armor. So we've got a showdown mode that will involve stealing loot from one another for survival and capturing and delivering bags. Bags. How exciting. Uh, a new race will be added where players get to shoot at targets while on horseback. And there will be fishing challenges. Thank you, Jesus. Fishing queen. Oh, why are you? I'll be the only so person. She <laughs> loves like. As I soon love as video we started game playing, so like weird. as soon as we started playing Red Dead Online, she's like, "Can we go fish?" I'm like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> and then I can't even buy the fishing rod because you have to be level like 11 to use it. Yeah, new weapons include the Evans Repeater Rifle and the Double Barreled Long Arm Rare Shotgun, which will be available in the catalog. And then you have to go to the post office to pick it up. We get to go to the post office together again? Yes. It's about time. It's our favorite pastime. There will be an NPC bounty hunter who can hunt you down with the new law and bounty system. Criminal behavior will have a higher bounty than other lesser crimes. So if you assault a person, that will have a higher bounty than just like stealing something. Uh, there will be daily challenges, and they will continue to make other improvements based on community feedback. So, sounds like they're adding a lot of new things to uh, Red Dead. Yeah, it's on like February twenty sixth. It's funny that like that was actually a pretty good news story for what we we're talking about because like when does it that, was when does that officially leave beta status and just like we're just Red Dead Online now? Like I I I don't hate it. I don't know. It's like again them being like, yeah, we're in beta. We're like testing stuff out. We're gonna like f- you know filter things in as we go along. It's a good cop out because that way when things don't work, like oh yeah, we're in beta. Yeah. <laughs> but like how long? Well, is that, well I like, also think what's what's like what's the grace period for beta? <laughs> yeah, I also think like ninety eight percent of the people that are gonna play Red Dead Online own Red Dead Redemption two, so it's not like. Red Dead Online is like well, no, you ha- on yeah. shelves. No, you have to have Red yeah. Dead Two to play it. Yeah, so you know it's just so like 100%, so a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Oh, okay. I I wasn't sure if there was like a uh, a plan to like sell Red Dead Online separately. Oh, that's to interesting. People who just no, it's just that's because that's another thing too. It's technically when you look at it, it's a free add-on to a seventy-plus hour, sixty-dollar single-player game. Like that's the that's yeah. And so I'm glad that they're adding stuff, but I've been like really hands off with it because I've been waiting for them to put like a lot more content into it just because Mm -hmm. the stuff I'd have to do to like rank up wasn't anything I was like really too gung ho, so to speak, to do. So I'm glad to see that they're adding some more stuff. Cool. So I got a couple of stories. Uh, One's a quick one. I think we just have to give a shout out to this um, because I mean, there's really not much to it. It's just... This was on Kotaku, but this was everywhere. But this, I'm just reading this from Jason Trier, Nintendo of America president. Reggie Philzame is retiring. So he's finally stepping down. We saw with him, uh, Sean Layden, Phil Spencer at the Game Awards. That was pretty cool when they all stood up together. But, I mean, Reggie's been with Nintendo of America for so long, and so now he's stepping down. The best yeah. part of it, and obviously the internet had a field day with this, is that he's being replaced by a man named Doug Bowser. So Bowser's <laughs> taking over Nintendo of America, so have a day twitter (laughs) yeah i mean that that man had no choice but to work at nintendo yeah and i'm glad he's now the head of nintendo america that's perfect but 
shout out to Reggie. He was a, a great individual in the industry, did amazing things for Nintendo. And so uh, enjoy retirement, you know? Yeah. That's he, what you aspire to be is retired. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for a more in-depth one, one that really kind of caught my eye, this was from Game Informer by Imran Khan, and it's rumor, Microsoft bringing Game Pass and published titles to the Switch. According to a report from outlet Direct Feed Games, an outlet that has a strong track record for rumors, especially centering around Nintendo, Microsoft and Nintendo are about to get together in a big way in the near future. Not only will some Microsoft games find their way to the Switch, but it looks like the entire Game Pass library might arrive via the magic of streaming. Wow. The report states that Microsoft is looking into publishing some of their own catalog to the Switch in the form of actual ports. This is in no way strange for Microsoft, who has dabbled in things like the lending out Rare for games on Nintendo systems and developing and publishing games on Nintendo consoles, such as Minecraft. Microsoft-owned developers like Ninja Theory and Obsidian are still self-publishing their games on the Switch and other systems as well. The game specifically mentioned by Direct Feed is Ori and the Blind Forest, a crown jewel in Microsoft's lower-key publishing initiatives. Additionally, the report goes on to say that Microsoft will be leveraging their announced Project X Cloud streaming service to bring Xbox One games to the Switch. While the Switch can't natively play, as a hypothetical example, Gears 5, it could stream it over the internet. This will be done through Games Pass, which allows players to subscribe to a service to access a Netflix-style library of games. So basically what this would do is would allow Microsoft to still sell Microsoft services without having to get people to buy Microsoft consoles. And uh, we've talked about wow. game streaming and where is it going. And I this mm-hmm. is if this is true, and it sounds like there's a good chance this could be true because the source has a well-known track record, mm-hmm. then this is huge because now this gives me a chance to get Games Pass and it gives me a chance to play a lot of these games that I can't play because I don't have an Xbox. Yeah. So this is amazing. Yeah. Like This is now opening their library to somebody like me. Who doesn't have yep. it? It wouldn't buy it. Me too. I feel like yeah. they uh, this whole story too really aligns with like Phil Spencer's belief in like just gamers coming together to play games. You know? Yeah, and, like, exactly. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense if this were true. It just it seems like it makes a lot of sense because I feel like it, it aligns with his vision a lot. And yeah, that's just pretty dope. I feel well, like Microsoft. I feel like Microsoft may be years ahead of some of these other big companies in the streaming realm. It'll be interesting to see what Google announces, but uh, I mm-hmm. think in like current, like large, like Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo, I feel like Microsoft's just ahead of the game on streaming. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, that's why I'm really interested to see what Google has. Cause we saw right. they announced that they got a big announcement coming up. I love how they announced an announcement. Yeah. <laughs> Just to announce, we have an announcement coming up. When's the announcement? <laughs> I'm telling you right now when the announcement is. That's how town criers <laughs> used to deliver news. Announcement coming yeah. up. Ten so, minutes. Hey, I think there's a, there's a lot around. of fun in the future, but the ability to play some Xbox games my Switch, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, damn. Well, that's been Patch Notes 2.21.19. Steve, do we have yeah. any voicemails? We do. So we have two voicemails. Whoa. It's um, so it's both from my friend Tim. He called in and then he realized he forgot to finish his thoughts, so he called in again. So let's listen to some voicemails here. Hey guys, my name is Tim. I'm a first time caller, long time listener. I uh, just want to say I love the podcast. Um, listened to the last episode where you guys were touching on Apex Legends and basically what makes it such a great game. Um, and I have to 
just totally agree with a lot of what you guys said. Um, it's like a much – it's a soft game. Um, the run, crunch, slide is probably my favorite feature. Um, and it's just – it's just a fantastic piece of, of video game art, really. Oh, um, the one thing that you guys didn't touch on that I think is like a huge deal is, you know, you play these games like PUBG or, or Fortnite. And you're running around trying to find the good gear, the good loot. And you got to kind of like look at your inventory, then look at the thing that's on the ground. You're like, wait a minute, do I have the thing that's better? Hold on, let me let me check. And it, it's just slow and clunky. Where with Apex Legends, you can just literally run by armor. You can, you know, click the, click your button that would pick it up. And if it's better, it'll pick it up. If it's not better, it won't. So it kind of like does all that thinking for you. Um, which I think is just like a huge, huge selling point, quote unquote, because it's free game, um, for Apex Legends. And, um, now that I play that, I don't, I have no desire to play Fortnite. I have no desire to play PUBG because those are just like slow, clunky games to me now. Um, you know, and I played Fortnite just because everyone else was playing it. I was like, oh, come on, I gotta build. I have to build stuff now. Oh, <laughs> never got good at building. And I never wanted to build in the first place. So I'm also relieved that there's no building in Apex. A um, couple things I could improve. Maybe the, the sound quality of the of the audio communication is, is kind of garbage, but that's fine. That's the same system, which is fantastic. Um, and I would say that the players are a little spongy. It does take, like, a lot of damage to kill somebody. I find myself thinking that I'm, like, murking people, and then uh, I'm not. I'm just like I'll finish the game, look at my stats, and like wait, I always get damage done. But um, yeah, I just figured I'd call in because, and uh, just want to say I love the podcast. Keep up the good work, and have a great day. <laughs> oh, so he so he has another one. What, he has what he has Tim a, is an that? additional thought. So I'll I'll let you know after I finish the rest of his his voice here. Here you go. Hey guys, it's Tim again. I forgot something. Um, huge. Something that's also super important to me is, so in PUBG, say you're going to, like, land, you're going to land on this building, right? Uh, once you get down to close, close to the building, everything slows way down. It seems to take you, like, 30 seconds to fall, like, 20 feet. It's glitching out the whole time. And then you finally reach the ground, and it's not exactly where you wanted to land, but then you, like, run into the building. Then you have Fortnite where it's a little better. It's still like you'll be flying towards a building like horizontally, like hit it, not quite hit your mark, fall to the ground. Then you, you know, you recover. Apex Legends, man, you jump out of that plane. You pick the spot you want to land. You center your, your cursor on that spot and you fly right to that spot. You land quick and you can just get to grabbing loot and shooting people and popping grips, man. And, uh, I love it. I just love it. And, um, I guess that's it. I guess I touched on my points now. So, um, love the podcast. Keep it up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tim. So Tim is my good buddy. I went to high school with him oh, nice. and, uh, he actually, so him and my other friend who actually dates my sister, who's also named Tim, they have their own podcast, which I recommend. It's a great comedy podcast. It's like half hour episodes. They just talk about general observations. Very funny. It's called the I'm So Sure cast. I'm going to plug it just because, hey, yeah, I got the mic and I edit the podcast so I can do what I want. And 
they're great. They're great folks. They also are in a band called the Tims because both their names are the Tims, and it's just them two. <laughs> There's so great many music. Tims involved. I don't even know which yeah. one we're talking about Tims. anymore. It's just two Tims. Yeah, but Art. But he's a big gamer. Tim. He's a big yeah. gamer. We do have Evil Tim, but so he's a big gamer, and we were talking about Apex Legends earlier today. So he decided to call in. And nice. I agree, like the ability to just pick up things and they automatically attach. You don't have to think about like switching off your attachments for your weapons and like trading off, you know, this one for a new one. It just yeah. does it for you. There's so many of those like little quality of life things that I feel like they just nailed. There's a like, lot of just... quality of life improvements yeah. in Apex. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like oh, that's and we, we talked about it where that's just one of those launches where I feel like it just worked. There were definitely some minor issues, but I feel like overall everyone was very satisfied with Apex right from the jump, mm-hmm. which is funny because you jump out of a plane. So great. So thank you very much for calling in, Tim. <laughs> thank you, Tim. Great we voicemail. Really yeah, it. Great first time voicemails. All right, so now it's time to wind down episode 68. And before we do, since it is the last episode of the month, it is time to shout out all of our Patreon supporters, and they are Alex Mill, Corey Porter, Darren Simmons, David Campos, Derek Hauser, Ernesto Martinez, oh. Evil Tim, Greg Kearney, Liz Rodriguez, Matt Antoine, Merovingian, Nerdiest Brands, Ria Maleski, Remy Archibald, Richard Bresnahan, a.k.a. Toot Loot, or Toot 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 Toot, whatever his name yeah. is now. <laughs> Sandra, Tambo, Taryn Martinez. We got the whole Martinez family. I know. Patreon supporters. I love it. I need to use this to guilt my family yeah, into becoming Patreon supporters. The rest supporters. of us need to step it up. <laughs> the hashtagonist, Vincent Thomas, and of course, the one and only face. Thank you all so much wow, for people. your amazing support month in and month out. You guys Thank mean you guys. the absolute world to us. We're able to do things like this charity stream because of the support you give us. So we thank you so much. We love you guys. And thank if you. any of you folks out there want to be part of this amazing group of Patreon supporters, think of heading on over to patreon.com slash plus one player. If you're feeling generous, like I mentioned at the top of the show, throw us a buck or two because every dollar will go right back to the show to make it the best it can be. And if you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode that we've done, head on over to whatever podcast service you listen to us on, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Pocket Cast, whatever it is, leave us a review, rate us, subscribe to us. It goes a long way and we really appreciate the support. And so we wind down episode 68 as we always do. We hope that you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed making it for you. And as always, wherever you are, wherever you're listening from, We appreciate you, and we will talk to you all very soon. Great voice time. Voice voice time first mails. (laughs) Voice time first mails. That's my new app. It's called VoiceTime. You right. you start up I love the it, app. But we got to start wrapping this up because I got to go get Anthem. And you call someone, so. <laughs> and then you talk to them live. Voice time. Voice time. <laughs> it's just a phone call. <laughs> yeah. It's just a phone call. <laughs>